Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat fans, and happy World College Radio Day. Welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Joined alongside my producer, Bo Kelly, my co-host, Kobe Jackson, Davin Meredith, and Taylor Quinn. I am your host, David Castaneda. Today is October 6, 2023. We got a lot of exciting topics to cover in the sports world today, from the red-hot Texas State football, some wild-card MLB action if we have time, and an interview from a very special guest. But before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Awesome, Davin. Thank you very much. Now let's get straight into it with some Texas State volleyball action. Been a while since they played. They Coming off back-to-back losses versus James Madison. That was last week in Virginia. They have won. Oh, I'm sorry. That's outdated. But uh, <laughs> they lost back-to-back matches versus James Madison. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you all, will, will these losses, after a pretty good start from, from volleyball, will these losses have a lingering impact for the squad on the rest of the season? I mean, you kind of – I don't know because, you know, you're going – you basically faced the defending Sunbelt Conference champions in JMU. So, obviously, there's going to be a lot of expectations. But, you know, I said this on uh, our Call School Up so early on uh, in the week that K.J. Johnson was not able to play during out during this uh, during the weekend. So, but I mean, I think this is a nice, good loss for them because I know they were kind of on a roll with with their schedule, and you know they got Louisiana this weekend at home. They're back at home finally, so. You know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough, you know, tough series. I know uh, Louisiana is having a great year, you know, 11 four on the year. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, they'll be back home. That'll be good for him. And of course, Coach Sean Hewitt, so they're, he's going to get him straight and get, get KJ Johnson, old reliable back and also some standouts, uh, Samantha Wanch too. I, the Bobcats will get back on track here at home in San Marcos against Louisiana for sure. Yeah, losing two back-to-back Sunbelt Conference matches is definitely tough, but they're going to be back at home again. And I think one thing that really hurt them last game was errors. They had way more errors compared to the Dukes. But, you know, back at home, and hopefully K.J. Johnson will be back and they can get back on a roll. Something else to mention real quick. So their overall record is 9-6. and six. Obviously, they're in conference play now. They're 5-2 and two at home, 4-0 in neutral site games. But zero and four at away games. Yeah. So I mean, do you think that that's kind of in their mind a little bit? You think away games automatically a loss for them, or do you think that that's kind of just something they're overlooking and and you know they don't really mind too much? I think they kind of have to take it, you know, you know, team by team. It really doesn't matter if you're on the road or if you're. Uh, or at home it, all, it honestly just matters on what court you're playing and how to you know just how to get the job done and I don't think Sean Hewitt has you know it, it, it would be I think he does think about that sometimes but at the same time he thinks about you know trying to get the next opponent trying to prep trying to prepare for you know this Bobcat team to try to you know extend what they've done earlier on in the year and just try to basically do the same thing homes and homes and uh, home in a way honestly to me doesn't you know doesn't really matter for the season as long as you play good volleyball on both on both ends then I think I think that's all that matters 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this team is young at the end of the day, too, so I'm sure that plays a factor in it. And, I again, like, I, I agree with Kobe. Like, I don't think home and away matters too much, but for a young team, it might factor in. Uh, if that does come into play, being on the road, they do have a four-game stretch where they're at Arkansas State, and then they hit the road again, and they're at Troy. So maybe look at that on the schedule as it comes down to it in conference play. Yeah, I'm not too worried about them losing a bunch of away games. I think, you know, one one away game win, and that'll get the momentum going. But still, you know, looking forward to this game against Louisiana, and hopefully they can get another Sunbelt Conference win. Yeah, I agree, Taylor. I think this team is very streaky. We've seen it earlier in the season, what one win could do to the trajectory of the season. Mm -hmm. So next game will be tonight against the Louisiana and Raging Cajuns. That will be at Strahan at 6 p.m. Let's move on to some Texas State soccer. I was on the call last night coming off a 4-0 win versus Coastal Carolina. Yep. Honestly, one of the strongest showings of the year for the Bobcats. That was awesome to watch. Great to be on the call for that one. Good defensive and offensive output. And, man, I hope I'm not getting too ahead of myself, but could we be talking about a, a Sunbelt Conference championship if if this team performs like they did last night? I think I think they can, you know, as long as, like you said, David, if they can keep the uh, keep the momentum that they have right now from last night into the next few, you know, Sunbelt Conference games, you know, because looking at, you know, the standings for the Sunbelt, Coastal Carolina was sitting is sitting dead last in their respective division, and Texas State is sitting third in the in the division in the west division right now so i mean there's still a lot of a lot of hope here obviously south alabama and southern miss is the main two that are on top of texas state at the moment so but i know that i know they are going to be playing them pretty soon down the road and honestly those are the games that are going to be really eyeball eyeballing for a lot of for a lot of collegiate soccer fans who love the game of soccer so but i mean it's a very good win for the bobcats last night i know you were on the call with richard so uh you know bobcats got it done and now they moved on to ulm i was there reporting and david i think we could both agree that they applied pressure quick and early and they capitalized on it too if olivia wright keeps doing what she's doing and you got caitlin draper back there at goal i could possibly see a very uh sunbelt conference championship in the uh, bobcats future yeah, they were so dominant last night, especially on defense. Coastal Carolina only got four shots on goal. And again, Olivia Wright, her first game, her first career game with two goals in one game. So it was just awesome. If they keep playing like they do yesterday, I'm very confident that they'll get far in the Sun Belt Conference. So that will push Texas State's records to 7-4-2. and two. They're going to face ULM on Sunday at 1 p.m. That will be in Louisiana. ULM is 7-2-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And, Davin, I'm glad you brought that up. When I was watching the game yesterday, the pressure, it seemed like it was too much and kind of maybe a dumb comparison, but it seemed like <laughs> Alabama versus... I don't know, a very small college where there was just levels to this, you know. We forgot to mention that Coastal, not a very good uh, team this this season. Unfortunately for them, they still haven't gotten a, a conference win, but yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all said it perfectly. This this pressure from Texas State was just too much. Excellent game plan by Coach Holman to go in there and kind of just take it straight to Coastal Carolina. Uh, stuck to the game plan and resulted in a win. There was two or one goal in the first half, and then two goals in the first ten minutes of the second half. So that was that was pretty crazy. But again, next game Sunday at one p.m. Let's move forward real quick. Uh, San Marcos High School football, that game will be aired on KTSW tonight at 7.30 p.m. That will be against Samuel Clemens uh, in a away game. So 
listen to that if you have time tonight. Texas State football, real quick before we go to break. Another 50-point performance in the books. Nearly blew it there at the end. But back at home versus the Raging Cajuns tomorrow. Ooh. They're on the road. They're on the road, right? Okay. They're on the road against the Raging Cajuns tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. What are y'all's final thoughts on this game? I mean, final thoughts. Honestly, just keep playing like you've been playing all year. I mean, they're 4-1 overall record. I believe they're sitting first in, yeah, they're sitting first in the West Division in the Sun Belt right now, alongside in the East Division of James Madison and Marshall, who are both having phenomenal years in college football. Unfortunately, Georgia State lost their their first game of the season, so they are no longer undefeated in the Sun Belt. But, I mean, just last-minute thoughts. I mean, just keep playing how you've been playing. Obviously, we've been talking about the defense, have how they've been giving up a lot of points, but their offense has just been phenomenal this year i mean you know scoring amount of points like 77 50 42 i mean those are high powered you know numbers especially on the offensive side of the ball so you have to give a lot of credit to this texas state bobcats offense but honestly you know if you know just to kind of close things out i think the defense really needs to you know step up obviously almost almost blowing uh you know the lead against southern miss opened up a lot of eyes for a lot of people and concerns so honestly the defense just needs to step up a little bit more but honestly it's going to be another tight one another tight one for for the bobcats they prove they can win on the road especially in the Sun Belt. i will note uh the bobcats are 0 and 10 against the louisiana raging cajuns <laughs> since 2013 oh, now granted i think this is a very different bobcat football team compared uh, to what we've seen in the past so i think Kenny's got him on the right track. Mac Leftwich, his offense is ninth in the nation in scoring offense, and you got TJ Finley back there plus Motti. I think it's going to be a different story this time. Yeah, going into this game against Louisiana, I want them to start off how they did against Southern Miss, fast and aggressive. I think the biggest thing is our secondary players for Texas State. They they really need to to keep it aggressive yeah. like the starters do because that was some of the guys were banged up in the second half. Some secondary guys had to go in, so they definitely need to step up. We can't just be the starters doing everything. I agree. I think if we see the Texas State football that we saw in the first half of Southern Miss, then they'll be in very good shape. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have here on this Ferg segment. We're going to send it to commercials, but don't go anywhere. When, when you come back, we will have a very special interview with a very special guest. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio. I am your host, David Castaneda, as we await on a special phone call from our special guest. Let's keep it at Texas State football. Why not? I mean, I know we talked about during the break that there was some things that needed to be tidied up. Taylor, you brought it up uh, perfectly, I think. I think it's the, the, the reserves that Texas State has back there. Obviously, some injuries last weekend, but doesn't matter if you're a backup you got to be able to make tackles and right now I think it's the defense for Texas State that needs to step up I mean what are y'all saying yeah I mean you know like like we talked about like I talked about before the break or before the break uh you know their offense has been just high powered obviously you know with you know but the one low low scoring game that they had really all year was against UTSA them only scoring 13 points and they held uh, the UTSA runner, runners to 20. So, I mean, in that sort of aspect, I guess you could say that's probably the lowest that the lowest score that the uh, that the Bobcats has held an opponent so far this season. But I mean, just going up, just, you know, going off of last week against Southern Miss, they started off with a bang. I mean, a 100 yard kickoff return to yeah. set the tone for the game. And then the fall, the first possession of Southern Miss led to an interception. And then the Bobcats absolutely capitalized on the turnover. So, I mean, they can get turned 
turnovers when need when needed and they can capitalize on them and when you have that that builds momentum into a game and honestly when you have momentum like that in a football game it's almost impossible for you to stop i know we you know we see it a lot in bigger schools like like alabama like ut you know like auburn and lsu those type of school you know those type of high-powered offenses so i mean it's it's going to be tough sledding for uh for louisiana and the bobcats upcoming this uh tomorrow in, on espnu yeah, I mean, I think I think the defense needs to come through at some point. They have the pieces. Brian Holloway's um, there at linebacker. Absolutely. Uh, Texas State is second to last in the Sun Belt Conference in total defense. So, uh, of course, you got that offense. You trust them. But at the end of the day, if you go into Louisiana, especially who's known to be really good on the ground, uh, they're going to have to step up. And I think at the end of the day, that game might come down to who's going to make the last stop. So. Hopefully it all works out, though. Yeah, like you're saying, defense for sure needs to step up. Offense is coming out consistently, scoring lots of points. But in the game against Southern Miss, 26 points in the second half, you know, made it very close game. I do not want to see that happen again. Um, But, you know, offense has been lethal, and I'm excited for this next game. So the approach that Texas State has kind of taken into this season has kind of just been fighting fire with fire. If we look at the Sunbelt statistics, Texas State is number one in offense. They got 30 touchdowns. And listen to this, only two field goals on the season. Yep. I did not. I, that's that's a very surprising set. For the amounts that they've put, the amount of points they've put up, only two field goals is crazy. Averaging 43 points a game. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. During the summer, I was like, guys, we got to manage our expectations. It's a bunch of new players. You know, we can't just assume they're going to be hot out of the gates. And here we are, you know, talking about 43 points a game. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I want to make one quick note and, and stuff. I know I've, you know, I've been kind of talking about this a lot when, you know, when we went to, you know, Sunbelt Conference media days during the summer is that every co- head coach in the Sunbelt, at least on the West, in the West Division, all had the same, all had respect for co- what Coach G.J. Kenny did and Connor Word and what he's bringing to Texas State. So I kind of wanted to note that because everybody at this point now in the season, I think everybody knows how good G.J. Kenny is as a head coach at this moment, especially with the type of offense he's running. Pretty much almost the same offense that he hit, did for, at Incarnate Word this past uh, this past summer or this past uh, you know last season. So I think what makes that so special is the fact that you know a lot of head coaches are now taking notes and keeping a lot of eyes on this Bobcat team. And honestly, that's what make, I think that's what's making the Sunbelt Conference getting really interesting so far this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, we were at the media day, Kobe, and when Kenny went up for the open panel for questions, I mean, he I, th- I swear he had the most questions asked compared yeah, to most coaches that day, uh, and he kept it short and simple. He just kept saying, we have an offense, and we're going to throw it deep, and I'm pretty sure he's owned up to those words <laughs> oh, yeah. up until yeah. this point, and I think coaches have taken note. Uh, so it's cool to see. It was cool to talk with him at the media day and see everything that he basically said come to fruition, so it's pretty Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, I think Coach Kinney is doing a great job with this team so far. Like he said, a new era of Texas State football, and he's definitely proving that so far. So So it looks like we got a little bit of time. So why not? Let's talk about Thursday night football. I didn't I wasn't uh, able to catch the game last night because I was calling the soccer game, obviously. But ladies and gentlemen, Justin Fields is back. 250 oh plus yards, four oh touchdowns. And 230 of those yards came from DJ Moore. I'm playing against him in fantasy, so that kind of sucks. Eight reception, 230 yards, three touchdowns. I think this is the best game a wide receiver has had this season. 
I mean, I mean, what did y'all think about that? I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, we'll, I'm going to discuss this trade in a minute, but, uh, you know, DJ Moore, I mean, he we've, he's kind of been under the radar a little bit because obviously, you know, he had great success in uh, in in Carolina and now he's, you know, bringing it into Chicago. Justin Fields finally having that performance we're used to we're mm-hmm. used to him seeing when he played at Ohio State. So we finally got to see that Justin Fields aspect of the performance. And, you know, to think before we even, you know, before we went on air, we uh, we actually had breaking news out of the NFL and the fact that, uh, wide receiver, uh, wide receiver Chase Claypool has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. So, I mean, that's kind of a, I don't know. It's, I guess it seems like he's not getting all the receptions anymore at this point. Maybe he thought he was going to get more when he had, when he was in Chicago. I know Taylor, me and you are Steelers fans in this room. And, you know, we kind of expected a lot out of Claypool when he was there, mm-hmm. but you know, I guess some things, maybe some character things got out of hand and, you know, unfortunately led him to Chicago, but now he's on the move once again. Well, Kobe and Taylor, I actually, we could cover that while, while we have the time. What do y'all, what did y'all think about Chase Claypool? Did y'all think that this guy was the real deal in his time at Pittsburgh or was it, you want to go first, Taylor? Mm, I, I never thought he was the real deal. I didn't see, like, longevity out of him being on the Steelers. <laughs> I more saw that in Juju Smith-Schuster, honestly. Uh, but, you know, none of them are there anymore. But uh, I just didn't think any of them were the future of Steelers. To be Antonio completely. Brown I mean, still hasn't found yeah, a team. Y'all I, need a receiver. To mm, me, I, never I, again. I think, I thought, uh, to me, I thought Antonio Brown was the guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Loved Juju. Loved when he was a baller. As I mean, let me put it this way. As a rookie, Juju was phenomenal. He was an unbelievable yeah, sure. wide receiver. But since then, he's been all about making TikTok videos and, and <laughs> dancing uh, dancing at midfield. And I'm like, dude, focus on the game. That's the reason why y'all, lo- y'all lost when they had their so-called little undefeated streak in 2020. And then all of a sudden, he's just started making TikTok videos of, of him dancing on other opponents' logos and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, dude, focus on the game. This is, this is not how you're supposed to, I guess, trick your opponent so to speak but you know them Steelers are over with and done it's a new Steeler team pretty much new people pretty much new people for the most part I mean you know it it is what it is I will say that Chase Claypool whenever you know people did think he was going to be the real deal was whenever the one time he did have a legitimate quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger and since then you know I don't want to take anything away from from the Steelers or anything, but he hasn't really had a good quarterback since then, right? I mean, yeah, I mean Justin yeah. Fields, not the answer. Mitchell oh, Peters I think he is. I, like I said before, I think he just, I think he just needs a little more time. I think, I think he needs help too. Uh, that too, I, also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about uh, George Pickens? Is he the answer at receiver? I think. Well, he uh, to me, I think he is. But like I said, like David just said, I think. Kenny Pickett just needs help specifically on the offensive line because our line has not been really the best really this season, and it's pretty and it's proven it. I'm not gonna lie, and I know I've I've said a lot about our play calling also, which has not been great at all. So I'm just like, you know, like what are we like what are we doing? You know what I mean? So, but I'm not gonna speak anymore on that because if I do, I'll probably go on a tirade <laughs> and stuff about Matt Canada. But you know. It is what it is. Steelers are two and two, you know, two and two right now. We're playing against Baltimore this weekend, who have been absolutely crazy this season yeah, with Lamar. It's going, yeah, Taylor. It's, oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Taylor, any more thoughts on the Steelers? I just have to say, I'm still disappointed in the loss to the Texans, especially defense. I was expecting way more at TJY. I thought he was going to sack Stroud. I thought Stroud was going to well, throw his I first mean, interception. He, I was so confident in our defense. I mean, it was the ring of honor of JJ Watt. I mean. 
that if that doesn't tell you that y'all need to win, what else will? <laughs> Seriously. He gave a pregame like hype up speech too. So That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll like, run through a brick wall for JJ Wall. Exactly. <laughs> Like, All right. come on, man. Yeah, so let's move on from the Steelers. We can go individually here. Um, what games are y'all most looking forward to in the NFL this weekend? We oh got some boy. actual really good ones. I pointed out a couple. The Eagles versus the Rams, Chiefs versus Vikings, and the Cowboys versus the Niners. I think those are all going to be very close and entertaining games. Chiefs and Vikings, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, hey, one, re- why, one wide receiver can't kill a team. I'm just, I'm just. Saying. I will say the Vikings have probably been the most disappointing team in the NFL this season. Oh yeah, with, especially honest. with oh, the expectations sure. that they had last, yeah. you know, last season. But game of the week for me, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep it, keep it classy because it's, I to me, it's the prime time game of the of the week, and I'm not gonna lie, we have one, one KTSW sports member and another who are gonna be fight, was gonna be probably rooster fighting this uh, this weekend. <laughs> And I'm gonna say Dallas and San Francisco this weekend. I think that's that's to me that's the game of the week. I think my game of the week is probably no one's pick at all. It's the Saints and Patriots, mostly because I'm a Saints fan, but also just because I think that game's just gonna be interesting and fun to watch personally. Okay. Uh, New Orleans is coming off a very bad loss to Tampa Bay. Shout out to Baker Mayfield. He's re- like reviving yes, his career over yeah, there. Absolutely. Um, New England's coming off, I believe, that smackdown in Dallas. So yep. honestly, that's just gonna be a fun one for me to watch. Um, I'm looking forward to the Bills Jaguars international game in London. Oh, it is technically right. a home game for the Bills, but I think the Jaguars being there two weeks mm. in a row, it's really not going to be a home game That's for the true. Bills. They're Let me, they I think they flew in yesterday, so yep. they jet lag, don't have much time to prepare as the Jaguars <laughs> have. So I'm looking forward to that game, and I don't know, maybe the Jaguars can pull up an upset. Go ahead. I, I changed my answer, actually. I, I go, I'm going Jets-Broncos. Zach Wilson put it together wow. somewhat in, against Kansas City, got uh, scammed over by the refs. So I'm looking forward to see what he's got going on. Yeah, one thing, I, you know, it's crazy you brought up the Bills and the Jags in, uh, in London. The Jaguars has been absolutely outstanding in London in recent years. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time they play in, either in London or in Germany, they have been absolutely insane and it, it's crazy like that's the only time i'll actually cheer for the jaguars is when is when they're over when they're overseas <laughs> playing for you know for for different people but yeah i mean so i mean this sunday is gonna be it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to sunday i'm surprised nobody said the potential nfc championship matchup in the eagles versus the rams if it's not going to be those two mm. the 49ers is going to replace the other team that's not going to be in there in my opinion that's going to be a crazy game the rams defense is amazing the eagles offense is crazy vice versa you know the the rams offense um his name gosh Aaron that, Donald. the running back i'm sorry the, Aaron, the the running back on the rams oh hitting his name um, i have him in fantasy in one of my leagues. It's not Cam Akers, is it? No, no. he got no. traded, though. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Man, is, anyway. That dude's cold. So <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Both teams, high-powered offense and good defenses. I think that one's going to be a potential NFC matchup. Um, looks like we will have a little bit more time, so let's move forward to some MLB action, y'all. Yeah. We yeah, we don't cover it that much uh, on, on BCR more, more than we should, I feel like, but... The wild card series has been wrapped up. All sweeps. Is there any surprises for y'all? Nope. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Really? I don't think so. No. Because I mean, let's be real here. I think every and I hate to admit because I actually I wanted the race to beat the Rangers just because I can't stand the Rangers at any means necessary. But I mean, 
I'm glad they won because now we still have possibilities of an all Texas uh, ALCS champ ALCS mm-hmm. uh, series. So my hopes are still kind of high, but I mean they're going against the Baltimore Orioles, who I think to me is the sleep. I, I to me I call them sleeper, but I think they're like the fan favorite to come out of the uh, uh, to come out of the American League. Really, but I, mean, I, but I mean I think, but I know people in Texas who followed the Houston Astros probably have something to say about that. I do. But with that, <laughs> well, so do I. So do I. But like, you know, it. I think. I think all these series is going to be is going to be great. Rangers, Orioles, Astros, uh, Twins, Carlos Correa playing against mm. his former team against his former team in the playoffs. I mean, that doesn't get no better than that. So that leads me to my next question. By the way, I was surprised. That, I mean, the Rays won ninety nine games, guys. Yep. I don't think anybody expected them to get swept, but here we are. The Rangers are really, really good offensive team. So I couldn't say I was too surprised, but still, <laughs> ninety nine wins. That's crazy. Uh, just to get swept in the wild card. But anyways, I want to know which game you are most ex- or which series you are most excited for. Astros are going to be facing the Twins, as uh, Kobe mentioned. Orioles facing the Rangers. Phillies versus Braves and Dodgers versus D-backs. Ooh, man, mm. man. Y'all can go first. I uh, mean, I'm looking forward to Dodgers Diamondbacks just because I'm a Giants fan and I will like I want the Dodgers to lose more than mm. anything in my life. I, think I everybody like does. it's <laughs> it's sad. I think they might go to the World Series. I don't I don't even want to say that, but they're just so good. I I want to see the Diamondbacks beat them though. I just don't know if that's possible. I have to piggyback off that. I went over to Arizona this past summer and watched the Diamondbacks play. It was during their uh, losing streak and then they came back at the end of the year. I got the Diamondbacks going at least to the NLCS as of now. Ooh, I've got faith wow. in them. I know, I know, it's high. I know, I know. <laughs> Talk to me later when they're at the World Series, but you know, uh, I got faith in them. You know, for for the sake of that, you know, I I do think the Diamondbacks will beat the Dodgers because the Dodgers have not been great in postseason, really in forever, really in forever. And I know their their twenty twenty ring. I mean, it's it it happened. You know what I mean? But. I don't know. It's it's going to be close. But the series I think a lot of people are going to be really eyeballing is the Phillies and the Braves. The Braves, best team in ba- to me, the best team in baseball really all year. Best record. Clint, they're Clint, they've clinched home field advantage throughout the whole postseason. And the Phillies made I mean, Phillies made a lot of noise last season coming from the wild card and making it all the way to the World Series. And I'm not going to lie. They're probably destined to do it again. I really think so, because, I mean, they pretty much have. Everybody back for the most part with Bryce Harper, Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, JT Romuto. They pretty much have everybody yeah. back for the most part. And the Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. For, for me, you know, National League MVP easily. It's not even not even close. And I mean, Matt Olson at first base. I mean, they some they they might have they some. Got, they yeah. might. I don't know. It's, they got them everywhere, man. That's yeah, absolutely. They got that dog in them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and then having a what is it forty. 70 season yeah that's a first that is a first that is an absolute first by an mlb player but i mean i think all the series in the postseason right now has potential to be all-time classics mm-hmm. classics i think i agree we're in store for a very interesting one that will begin tomorrow uh i agree with you kobe that's the most interesting series to me just because i think whoever wins that series is going to the world series but taylor 100%. taylor and davin as y'all said that 
that Dodgers and Diamondbacks series that that's slept on for sure because the D-backs swept the Brewers who some thought were going to be the sleeper team but they mm-hmm. just took care of them on the road nevertheless yeah, uh, absolutely. going into Milwaukee taking care of business <laughs> and as you said Taylor nobody's been talking about the Dodgers enough just because we've gotten so accustomed to their them being good every season mm-hmm. but this is a team that has consistently won 100 games absolutely. and and you know because they haven't won the World Series except for 2020, obviously, teams have a, or fans have stopped talking about them. But real quick, last last minute predictions: World Series matchups and your uh, World Series winner. Before we get out of here, I'm gonna keep it real. I think it's a rematch: Astros Braves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely have the Braves. And the Astros are gonna take it. They're gonna oh, take yeah. it. Yeah, let's go. Got to get it two times. Astros Diamondbacks. Oh, mm. wow. <laughs> Who wins? Astros. Diamondbacks. No, I'm just kidding. Probably Astros. <laughs> I'll, have take, I'll just have to take the Astros. That's, that's, a, that's a perfect way to wrap up this Bobcat radio. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we get, we get out of here, we're going to send it over to Bo Kelly for a report on our weather. Yeah, today here in uh, San Marcos, it is actually, you know, kind of cold outside, right, guys? It's getting yeah. a little chillier <laughs> out. We had some rain earlier in the week, but now it's getting a little bit chillier with a high of 86 today and a low of 59. Going into tomorrow, it's going to be a high of 74 and a low of 52 with some clouds going throughout the weekend. And on Sunday, a high of 80 and a low of 55. Yeah, so it's going to be cool out there compared to this super hot year that we've had so far unfortunately we didn't have time for the interview today but it's okay because we had a lot of stuff to cover thank you so much for joining us on this friday edition of bobcat radio alongside my producer bo kelly my co-host kobe jackson jackson david meredith and taylor Cullen. i am your host david castaneta now let's get you back to the other side of radio